What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Only thing unplugged is forgotten season. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Forgotten Seasons. This is your host, Dylan Dreyfus. Today, we got a New York City legend, a man that goes by the name Skip to My Lou, Ray for Alston, talking 2003-04 heat. This was D-Wade's rookie year in Miami. Rafer and D-Wade were surrounded by Lamar Odom, Karan Butler, Udonis Haslam, and coached by Stan Van Gundy. The squad won 42 games, finished as the number four seed in the East, and lost to a 61-win Pacers squad in round two. Quick rerun to the Heat leading up to the 03-04 season. Obviously, they have the storied Hardaway Morning era in the late 90s and into the early 2000s. They made the playoffs six straight years and were one of the most steady teams in the East. Then in 2002-03, they're really bad. They win just 25 games and land the number five pick in the draft. And who falls into their lap? The kid from Marquette, Dwayne Wade. Rafer signed a one-year deal in Miami in the fall of 2003. Lamar Odom signs a six-year mega deal coming over from the Clippers before this season. And that's how the squad comes together. After this season, obviously the Heat make that blockbuster trade for Shaq. They send Karan Butler and Lamar Odom over. So we really only got one season with this group together. And they were fun. They showed flashes, make round two, but that's it. So let's get into the episode now. Forgotten Seasons with Rafer Alston on the 2003-04 Heat begins right now. Rafer, thank you for coming on. How's it going today? Uh, thank you for having me. Everything, I'm doing well. I'm doing great. So we're going to be hitting on the 2003-04 Heat season, uh, a year which you have talked about as being invaluable to, to your career. But before we get into that, real quick, let's hit on this upcoming New York City Point Gods documentary coming out July 29th on Showtime. You're obviously one of the most infamous and legendary ballers from New York City. Can you give us a, a little bit of a taste uh, on viewers what to expect from this documentary? I think what you expect from the, the New York City Point Guard documentary is, is a, um, a insight of um, what goes on uh, since a young man in New York City um, playing basketball, trying to find his way and being coming up in the ranks behind so many legendary point guards. Um, you also get a chance to see uh, different eras of, of great New York, New York City point guards and how uh, at each, during each era, so many of us were, you know, honing our skills, but yet playing against uh, each other. And hone in and, and, and competing to try to be considered, if not the best or one of the best uh, point guards in in the New York City area. Um, you also get a feel of the culture behind it, um, the atmosphere, how mm -hmm. electrifying it is for the fans, the people who live in New York City, what and and how they gravitate to the to the New York City game. Mm. Well, I mean, there's nothing like watching a, a New York City point card. They got the certain flair, uh, the certain swag, and you're a perfect representation Absolutely. of that. So for everybody out there, again, July 29th, New York City point guards. Rayford just listed a bunch of the guys that are going to be in it, but it's hard to tell the history of basketball without focusing on the New York City point guard. So it's an amazing project, and, and definitely be sure to check that out. Segwaying now, 2004 Heat, kind of setting the table here a little bit. This is your fifth year in the league. You sign a one-year deal with Miami uh, right before the season. 
you've said, you know, recently in past interviews that this season really taught you a lot. It was your first year playing big, consistent minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you weren't starting for the whole year, but you were playing starter minutes. What, what is it about this season, your lone year in Miami, that, that really propelled you and allowed you to play 11 years in the league? Well, one, you, 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 uh, my first time being um, in the rotation, um, being a league guard, playing with such phenomenal, such phenomenal talent across the board. Um, you got a chance to realize how long the NBA season is from a playing standpoint, uh, from a consistent player standpoint, and how there was so many different uh, ups and downs, peaks and valleys in the season. Um, mm-hmm. We started the season five and fifteen, and everyone wrote us off. They said oh, we're going to end up being the worst team in, uh, ever in the league, and then all of a sudden we just went on this this run to where we were uh, a top four team in the uh, in the East. Um, we had Dwayne Wade was a rookie. We uh, we signed Lamar Odom. We had two vet proven vets um, in Eddie Jones and Brian Grant. But after that, the rest of us was on one-year deals and just a bunch of guys trying to hope to stick in the league. And um, we also remember that, sorry, we had Cameron Butler as well. Yep. Uh, um, but the rest of us was pretty on like one-year deals trying to find our way. And we, and we, also, and we also had a first-year head coach. Uh, even though our coach has been in the league as a coach for a long time and been in basketball for a long time, it was first year being a head coach in the NBA in Stan Van Gundy. So uh, – you know, it was it was huge. Man. It was it was a special time. Um, it was special for all of us, um, and we were we were able to grow up and grow together. I talk to a lot of guys, and and you're always one of the first people that that they talk about as players need to adapt to the NBA game because you know you can do you have you know, one of the biggest bags ever, but when you go to the NBA, certain coaches kind of limit you. Can you talk a little bit about just how much like uh, situation matters in the NBA? You mentioned you were on one year deals. This is your first time playing big minutes, you know, maybe having confidence to, you know, not feel like you're going to get pulled if you make a mistake. How much does, does opportunity and situation matter in the NBA? Opportunity situation is huge. It matters a lot. Um, um, You know, for me, I come with the, playground stigma. Mm-hmm. So therefore a lot of coaches, like throwback coaches um, who probably, you know, have this, this taste in their mouth about the inner city game and players. Uh, so they make it, they, they make it seem as if a person like myself has to make this huge adjustment. Um, what little did they know is that I was a big student of the game. Um, I was always, around the game, playing the game, understanding what it was a point. I played point guard from the time I was born. So when I finally got the chance to, to play significant minutes, the coaches realized that there wasn't an adjustment for me out there. Yep. It was just give them a chance to play minutes, go through some ups and downs in the pro game, which every person and player does. Um, and they realized that I could run your team, uh, I was a low turnover guy. Um, the 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 biggest knock was, you know, which is a knock for a lot of players that come to this league and from a point guard is can he shoot the jump shot, the outside shot? Can he shoot it from range? In which I end up developing, uh, you know, yep. a three point shot. But everything else, they didn't have to show me, and I think they realized that 
once they gave gave me the opportunity to 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 play significant minutes, um, and gave me the chance to be the point guard of their team and run their team. Um, uh, I always knew time scoring situation. It was so much that they realized I knew and that I was so engaged in the game from a offense and defensive standpoint that I think it kind of blew their mind uh, <laughs> uh, about me because they uh, had this thought and perception in their head about me. I mean, yeah, this is your first first season playing starter minutes, and after this, you're a starter for the rest of your career. Um, I want to hit on Dwayne Wade a little bit. It's hard to talk about a Miami Heat season <laughs> where when he's there without talking about D. Wade. First season in the league, he's a rookie, but he's a 22-year-old rookie, so – you know he's mature. He's he's not he's not frail. Uh, you remember your your first interaction, your first memories with D Wade when you get it went, get into camp or preseason. What was that like, and, and what was going through your mind? Well, my, my first in my first interaction with Dwayne Wade was when you know I was in Milwaukee when he was at Marquette, and okay. I got a chance to go to some Marquette games, and I actually had a chance to go to the gym. I think once, maybe twice, play some pickup with them, and I knew how what I mean. I knew how good he was. I didn't know he was going to be this good when he got to the NBA. Uh, we got in training camp. He was a young guy, and and um, you know everything looked new to him. Um, the first part of the season, he kept hitting the floor, hitting the floor, coming up with these knickknack injuries, and we, you know, a lot of us was concerned if he would last the whole season because he was he, was, he always had to be hitting the floor. And and but uh, he ended up developing developing that year, uh, our go to guy, and and I think that season a lot of us knew that he was going to be a special player and, and, and um, um, he just worked so hard in his game. Um, he was such a fierce competitor. Um, you couldn't tell him that he wasn't the best player on the court, uh, or if not one of them. Um, and thus he's, you know, soon to be a hall of Famer. People today talk about him, you know, top three, top four shooting guards ever, but I think people forget that his rookie year, he was playing point most of yeah, the year, he played right? A lot of point. Uh, are you uh, actually uh, I came up the bench behind him <laughs> the good thing is we played a lot together uh -huh. um which allowed him to to see the game from a point guard standpoint as well as a shooting guard standpoint so I think uh Miami Heat uh Stan and uh Pat Ryan they did such a phenomenal job with playing him at the point and then allow him to move over at times to the shooting guard um when I subbed in you know I think I played like I think I might have averaged 30 minutes a game that year yep um, and so that means I played a lot with him. <laughs> so, um, he got a chance to just have the ball play off the ball, you know? So, um, you know, I, I think for me, it was shocking to see them put him at the, put him at the point that year. Are you working with him at all? Like, is he coming to you for, for advice? No, no actually we had a veteran that helped both of us, you know, understand, you know, um, uh, and Ben Coles. Okay. So Ben McCole's, Ben McCole's always in our ear, his ear, my ear. Um, remember at that time, I was learning what it is to play 30 minutes a game and, and be a star that time. I started quite a few games too that year. You know, when he, a lot of games he missed, I started. Going on to the coach, I, I think it's funny looking at your career, pretty much half your career you played under a Van Gundy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Th this year starts with Stan and then you go on to play in Houston with Jeff and then you go back to Orlando with, with Stan again. I've talked to Matt Barnes, JJ Reddick, who played understand as well. Uh, they talk about kind of just his like knowledge for the game and X's and O's ability. I think Matt said you always felt like Stan was going to find a way to, to get you guys a win. 
what was your experience year one playing understand? I, I know he's old school. I know he's hard nosed, but uh, what, what, what was playing understand like? It was great. It was great. Um, he uh, never a day he allowed you to come in and not get better uh, from an individual standpoint and from a team standpoint. Um, um, he was big on staying with your routine, whatever is working. That's what we're going to stay with. Um, you know, um, he also taught us, you know, how not to, uh, mess with the game, don't cheat the game. Uh, um, but he was, he was, he was, uh, he was a guy that was, um, I don't call it nitpicking, but he was always on you yeah. about doing the right thing, making the right plays. Um, you know, holding yourself and each other accountable. Um, um, but he allowed you to go out there and play. Um, that's what, like, as long as, we, as long as you were doing your game and in, 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 uh, within the grand scheme of the teams, the framework of the team, you know, he was he he allows you to get into your game. Um, um, he had no matter one thing about Stan, he has belief in the roster. So whether outside is say that whatever they say about the roster was a strong team or a team that was probably borderline making the playoffs or getting the first round. Stan had unbelievable belief in the roster and and he knew he figured out how to utilize the guys that whatever they whatever players were on that team, he he found a way to utilize and get the best out of them. Um uh so I had a chance to play with him twice and, and both times we had a phenomenal run. Mm-hmm. Um and, and that was a great um run for him and I um it was touching to say the least because both times we were uh in situations that probably were uncomfortable uh because when I remember I got traded from Houston to Orlando and it was uncomfortable for me at the time because everyone wanted me to be like Jameer you know and that year Jameer Nelson had a a all-star year Mm -hmm. but I know Stan knew that I bring it up it's a different point guard coming in at this time but he knew I can help and lead them you know, to where we were trying to get to. Not for sure. Stan, Stan always won games. I mean, wherever he was pretty much. Uh, was was Pat Riley in the picture at all this year? Because he resigns as head coach, then he's back a few years later as head coach. Yeah, yeah he was. I mean, he's, Pat, in the remember, he's, still, he's still a president in a yeah. GM, whatever, whatever you call it. Uh, uh, definitely. Um, remember that everything still runs and goes through Pat. You the know, godfather. Pat, Pat's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, um, you know, he knew one thing about Pat, he knows the NBA, he knows the play, he knows what it takes to be a winner, a champion. He knows what all go what it what, what goes into being um a per a good person and a good teammate, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, the sacrifices you have to make, um, how tough it is when your career is going up and on the way down. Uh um, he he he's he's wonderful in that aspect. Any like uh, specific Pat Riley stories you got? Uh, people call him the you know, Don. I don't the really Don have any. You know, because at the time, like I said, he was, you know, at the time we had, I, I, he was in train, he was our coach in training camp, and then I know where he stepped, stepped aside. Mm-hmm. So you know, we just have. Um, I just played with Stan, but but Pat was. We, I, we always called him coach when he ran around, so he was always around. And you know, uh, we saw a lot of them, especially when we made that run when we turned the season around. Um, when you guys start winning, that's when he comes out. No, no, man, he's always around. But then we realized, you know, like I said, it, 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 it was a situation where we turned the season around and Pat understood 
okay, now you we, we you have to sustain and, and you have to uh, not only finish the regular season, you have to do it in the playoffs. And, and he understood what it what it what it what it takes to you know win a playoff series. And so you have, obviously you'll see him around a lot more because you know he can give us the insight. Yeah, you know he you could you could have a conversation about uh, the approach if you down 0-2, uh, you know in the in the series. So um, he was great with us. Another guy, another New York guy that I wanted to hit on, one of my personal favorites, Lamar Odom, who's mm -hmm. on your team. Uh, to me, you look at his career, I think he chose winning you know, over personal accolades. Maybe he chose to go to L.A., uh, take, maybe take a back seat. How good was Lamar Odom? I know he's a New York guy. I'm not sure how early you, you were put on to Lamar Odom, but can you just you know, tell the listeners a little bit about just how skilled Lamar Odom was? Uh, Lamar was good. I had luxury. We're from the same neighborhood. That was the thrill okay. about this. Is we're from the same neighborhood. I'm just I'm some years older than him, and I just had to watch him come up in the ranks of basketball. And he was from it was just a phenomenal talent. Um, Lamar is one of the most unselfish players you ever see. From a guy with that ability, you would think he you would encourage him some time to go out there and get 25, 30 points, but that's just not who he is, you know, even as a kid, man, he's always uh, a giving and caring young man. And even in the game, that's why you see his, his line across the board is always like 17, 18 points, seven, eight rebounds, six, seven assists, two or three steals, a few blocks. Like he always played the game that way. He's so unselfish. And um, at the height that he was six, nine, six, ten, to, to be able to handle that ball the way he does and, and see the floor and, uh, you know, play the game the way he played it. Um, he was just a joy and thrill to play with and to play, um, um, to be around as well. Uh, for us, though, when we played at the Heat, uh, it was tough because I was in a contract year. I was trying to, I was on a one-year deal. He just signed along, I think a seven-year deal with us at the time. And we're both from the same neighborhood. I'm trying to hang out with him. He wants to be hanging with him, but I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, I could do it today, and then you know, so we didn't, we couldn't hang out like we wanted to that year, and 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 you know, because I was trying to make sure, you know, I you know, do it all I can to get to get a long term deal, and then so we both understood um, what was at stake. Ah, shout out to Lamar Odom, I mean, a few colder than him. Thinking back on the on the point guard matchups at that time, like early mid two thousands, who were the guys that gave you the most trouble? Um, guys that were bigger, strong, athletic. So you guys like Baron Davis, Chauncey Phillips, um, those kind of guards. The other guards that give you trouble too. It goes without saying the person like Allen Iverson because he's gonna, he's just relentless. He's gonna score. Mm -hmm. They're looking for him every time down. You don't have a, a second off out there with you guys like him. The other type of players that give you a little problems is the guys that receive pick after pick after pick. Steve Nash, Stockton's, the uh, Chris Pauls because it's just nonstop. Uh, you're getting hit from one side, this side, this side, and it's repick, repick every time down. Um, but th that's the beauty of the league is that you'll you got so much film and so much tape on these guys that you'll figure out from game to game what to take away, um, well, what to live with, because these guys are pros, NBA, some of them Hall of Famers, some of them perennial All Star. So you know they're gonna have nights. Uh, you could you could contain them one night, but you got to play them again and they could go off the next night. So, you know, like I said, for me, the players that were athletic, big, strong, could roll me down the post because I wasn't as like the big, strong 6'2 uh, kind of thing. You know, those players pose a big threat to me.
Baron Davis is honestly a guy that comes up pretty much every time I talk to mid 2000s guards as as one of the toughest matchups. And you see him in the first round against the Hornets. Series goes seven. No team scores over 100 points the entire series, which is just, you know, it's kind of the it, it goes to show you what the league was like back then. But what do you remember from that first round playoff series? It was grueling. You know, we're playing against a team <laughs> that um, they had so many veterans that had been in this position before. Yep. Even though we were the four seed, I think people picked them to win because I mean that with Augman Lynch, McGlure, West, Wesley, uh, Wesley. I mean, I, and they had guys that you know. I remember I was in. We we beat them when I was in Milwaukee. Yeah, um, we had, I think we beat them in the semifinals, and that went seven. And these guys were phenomenal. Um, um, one of the best things was that series, Baron Davis' body was hurting. So <laughs> it was some games he couldn't go off like he wanted to because his body wouldn't allow. So, um, and we were just young at the time, too. And to have two young stars like Odom and uh, Wade, you know, that was tough for those guys because the, um, you know, these guys were young, hungry, athletic. And you're asking some of the guys that had so much wear and tear on everybody to keep up with a guy like Wade and Odom. Um, and then when I came off the bench, I said, I mean, we, I, we, I, we got the tempo to go up and down. And for On that the stretch, old I didn't the think those guys were going to keep up. A lot of us, we didn't think they'd keep up with us you know, when, we, when we got the game to go up and down. But it was a grueling series, uh, to say the least. So you you win that in, in seven, a grueling series, and then your reward is going up against the Pacers, who, you know, physicality, they got the defensive player of the year on our test. Uh, they got an MVP candidate in Jermaine O'Neal. Series is tied 2-2. They end up winning in six. Wade plays out of his mind. I think a real coming out party for for him. How is that series against Indiana? You're, you're tied two two. Do you think you're gonna you're gonna take it or 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 how's the feeling there? Yeah, we, we I mean we felt good. We felt good. I mean we knew both teams kind of played the same similar style defense. So I mean we were both uh, tough in the pick and roll defense. Uh, we both were gonna try to limit direct post ups. Um, and you know, uh, it was came. It's gonna come down to who's gonna make tough shots and who can get out on the, get out on the break, get some easy buckets. But we felt good the whole way. I mean, they went up 2-0. We came back to Miami, won our two games. Um, and you know, for some reason, that sixth game at home, we kind of ran out of the gas. Um, and 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 that's another thing. You get a chance to understand how hard it is to win coming from one grueling series with the Hornets, and now you're going right in against a team that poses another threat. I mean, those guys were phenomenal that year. I mean, Jermaine O'Neal, Ron Artest, Tinsley was was great that series. Uh, they got contributions for a lot of guys. Um, um, Bender had some moments. Um, the list goes on with those guys. So it, it, it was tough. And then we for Lamar and myself, we had some New York guys on their team <laughs> with yeah. Tinsley and Artest that who we we just wanted to beat, you know, so we could have bragging rights in the summer when we see each other in New York. But um, uh, it was it was a it was a tough series. I mean, that was another series that I don't. Uh, I think one hundred was scored maybe once. I'm not sure. Once, once, yeah. yeah. So it, it, that series was just was was, was going to be crazy too. Uh, the electricity in both arenas was was amazing as well. Did you think they were the best team in the East that year, or was it Detroit? You think? You know what? You know what? That's I would. I would have said them. I thought Detroit beat them because they had way more, they had more experience. Mm -hmm. 
uh, when you put Wallace, Billups, Hamilton, um, I thought they were a little more experienced and a little tougher. Um, I think mentally. Um, if, if I look back, I think throughout the season, I think Indiana showed that they were the number one team in the East. If I'm not mistaken, they had the number one seed mm-hmm. that year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the whole season, you know, I think everybody in the East felt that they were about they. Uh, it came down to the experience and the mental toughness. Yeah, I think Indiana, like you said, mental toughness. I think the next year is the year where they're supposed to have that experience. They they had Steven Jackson, they had a few pieces, and they're supposed to then kind of dethrone the, the Pistons, but everybody knows what, what happens yeah, that season to, yeah. to prevent them. And, and again, it, that's mental toughness. So uh, to have what happened in, in the palace, but, but, you know, like I said, if you are mentally um, into everything, you understand that, you know, situation that could have been walked away from, and, but now look what it does to you going forward. You know, and some a lot of you got to miss a lot of games, and now you go to playoffs again, and um, you're probably not at full strength when you need to be at full strength against a team that is is um, as good as the Pistons are. And I think the Pistons went they went right back to the finals that year, right? I think they went back to back years. Yeah, oh four and oh five, they go back to back. Absolutely. Now people don't realize it. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of playoff is you said mental toughness. I think luck is well, no everything. Yeah, everything got to go your way. You, know, you got to be healthy. So you get the ball, you got to get all the breaks have to go your way to win. And your star players have to be aligned. And then when you got star players that's missing a lot of action due to suspension or whatever, it's tough to go beat a team that has two and maybe three star star players. With no with with tough role players. But people forget that pissed team, then they come off the bench, they come off the bench with some tough, tough, gritty grind out plays. I mean, yeah, Corliss Williamson, uh, Lindsey Hunter, Darvin yeah. Ham. Well, so they were, they were... Uh, guys that are just tough, hungry, and can defend. Mm-hmm. So, so wrapping up this season, you guys losing six. You do ultimately get the long-term deal that you were sort of seeking, allowing you to have a little bit of security, not always be thinking about the next move. Right. As you kind of just reflect on on that time in your life, 03, 04, that heat season – you know, what are the feelings and, and just, you know, things that come to mind when you look back, you know, almost 20 years later? Oh, man, it, it was a season that uh, propelled me. It's a season that um, I would say uh, uh, let a lot of people, whether it be coaches, scouts, and players, know that I'm, I belong in this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could play in this league with the best of them. Um, I think I, I think the very next year I go and have a nice year, even though I had a, a few situations up there in Toronto. I ended up at 14.6 assists. So I even went, took that season from Miami and even had a, a better season statistically uh, in Miami. Um, and then, you know, everywhere I went, you know, I was a starter. I was a core guy. I was a guy that was helping teams win, uh, get to the playoffs, uh, have good Regular season success. I remember back to back years in Houston, we were a 50 plus win team. I think one year we won 55 and or 55 and 57, something like that. I go to Orlando and uh, I'm on the team that wins like 57 games and we go all the way to the finals. So, and, and I was a starter, I was a key component to these teams mm-hmm. and their runs, you know. So I think that year 
helped me in that aspect um, um, as far as being a guy that can help your, your team win. Um, so it was great. It was great. That, that year was the year that did it. No, that's awesome. Uh, now, just looking at, I think those Houston teams, oh, I mean, if you guys just have McGrady and Yao healthy at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then there was a time we did, and and and, and um, we let let one get away. Game seven on our floor. Um, I think it's two thousand seven. Yeah, oh seven. So we let that game seven. All we had to do was put that away. And I think once we got to the second round, I think we just posed such a tough matchup for uh, Golden State um, because they'd be tough for them to guard. Yeah, it'd be tough for them to put on McGrady, and they would have they were gonna double a lot, and then. Shane, myself, a couple of us, we were really hitting the three ball. Uh, so, um, but again, the breaks, you got to catch to get the breaks. We didn't get the breaks. Then the following year, a lot of us were hurt. Yeah, I was hurt. I ended up getting hurt at, um, we were down three games or two, and I ended up getting hurt in um, Utah. I tore the ligaments in my ankle. So, yeah, it's tough, man. But one thing, man, a lot of times, even during the regular season when I was there in Houston playing, uh, one, one of those guys would always have some type of uh, ailment. And, you know, it's tough for us to, to regroup. Yeah, I just talked to Battier about uh, 09, the season you got traded. Yeah. Uh, but I, I always loved those Houston teams. And Shane was Shane was. You know, that, that was, uh, you know, some plays I was playing in Orlando. But, you know, whenever I got a chance, the days that we weren't playing, they were playing, I would always watch the game. And I was... I was such amazed at the job they were doing and winning and winning. They got they got to the West. They got to the West Finals, I think, that year. Yeah, yeah. They lost to uh, or they lost the Lakers in round two. So it was, yeah. oh, it was, round two. Was, sorry, seven. Round two yeah, and, and seven. And they, and seven. With, and, I mean, without Mac. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they, were, they were having a phenomenal run. Um, that, that, that was big time for those guys. Yeah. So just finishing off a few few quick hitting questions, kind of going back to the the point guards theme. I'm wondering. Okay, you're rolling up to to Dykeman or Rucker, and you can bring you plus four to the blacktop based off of players that you played with in your NBA career. Who are you bringing? Definitely bring McGrady. I'll bring um, Vince Carter. I'll bring Dwayne Wade. And, I, and I'll bring uh, my teammate, Lamar. <laughs> That's yeah. tough. Yeah. Um, there's some other guys I bring out there, too. Yeah, but... who's coming off the bench? Just, I mean, you got, I play with Ray Allen. Definitely bring Ray yeah. out there. Um, trying to think of some more guys that I play with that'll be good out there. You know, what would be good out there and would surprise some people out there. Uh, Hito Turk will go. Ooh, Turk. I think Turk will surprise some people out there. Um, and he'll have a a, a name, a nickname, you know. <laughs> um, but you know, there's some, there's so many guys I play with that uh, that could go out there. Um, and and and, and do and um. Do what they need to do. Yeah, I mean, we see just saw LeBron play in the Drew League, but it'd be cool. I know like Kobe and KD have played at Rucker in the past, mm -hmm. but uh, it'd be cool to get some of those guys out here out east on the yeah, blacktop. Absolutely. Um, any any point guards right now that you're watching that 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 you really like watching? NBA wise, uh, yeah, yeah, NBA. I love watching them all. I mean, Lillard, Steph Curry. Um, mm -hmm. Love watching John Morant. Um, but uh, uh, these guys are phenomenal, man. They, they're just relentless in their attack and their, their ability to athleticism, their ability to score the way they do on a night in, night out basis, man. It keeps you, 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 you it makes you uh, want to watch every night. 
you know, so those guards, to say the least, but I just definitely watch those guards um, every time they come on, if I can catch them. Mm. You think we're ever going to get anything like the N one mixtape tour back? I would say yes, because things have a way of coming back around. Um, the, the thing is, now would be the time, I would say, if it's to happen. Because of the way a lot of these guys are playing, the way, because of the way the Lillards and Durant, uh, a lot of these guys are playing, you would think now is the time because there's so much, uh, uh, I would say, freelance, uh, um, you know, the way these guys are uh, allowed to show show their skill, their passion, their flair for the game. Um, you would think now would be the time. So that's the only scary part is win, but I, I, I think so. I think so. I would love to see the N1 brand, like, come back to its roots because, I mean, I'm 20, 24, so – Growing up, like, you know, I lo- I wore and won everything. Like, it was the shit. But for some reasons, you know, something slipped. But I, I would embrace it. And I, I'm sure everybody else would, too. You know, and one is what a lot of people grew up on watching and, and wearing. Right, right. right. I love to see. I mean, we, we, we still do, do some things with and one here, yeah. here and there. But, and it's always great to catch up with those guys that we want to do. I did the tour with all those guys. Man, it's just... That's a whole another story in itself, man. Just that that run we had, just doing those tours every summer was was remarkable. Mm. Well, Ray from I, I really appreciate your time again. July 29th, Point Guards streaming only on Showtime. Uh, New York City Point Guards, essential to the history of basketball. So I really appreciate your time. Looking forward to to seeing the doc. And again, just thank you, man. All right, thank you, thank you for having me. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Rafer Alston on the 2003-04 Heat. Reminder to check out the Point Gods documentary coming out this Friday on Showtime. Be back next week with a fresh episode. This is your host, Dylan Dreyfus, signing off. Catch you guys next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.